What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Hold the Lane, Episode 10. I'm your host, Dalton Floyd, and Hold the Lane is a competitive Call of Duty podcast focusing on the game of Call of Duty and the esports scene behind it. You can find Hold the Lane on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and really any other place that you may listen to your podcast. I know Anchor does a great job at distributing the podcast to platforms that sometimes I've never even really heard of before. But if you listen on those platforms besides Apple Podcasts and Spotify, shout out to you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. So let's get right into the topics here. We have three major topics that I'm sure you don't want to miss because they're just they're really, really crucial to not only the league, but the game itself. We have we have topics that really vary today. So the first one here is that 100 Thieves, a former organization in the Call of Duty World League, has sold their CSGO roster. Now, they're not involved in the league anymore, or should I say just yet, hopefully, but them selling their CSGO roster sort of is good news if you want them to have a CDL team. Uh, We've had rumors for the past two weeks now that have not necessarily been confirmed that Hector Rodriguez has acquired the Optic Gaming IP, which means that he now owns two different CDL spots. He owns not only the Chicago Huntsman CDL spot, which he's been in partnership with them since the Modern Warfare season began, and then he also now owns the OGLA, the Optic Gaming LA CDL spot. And the word is that you can't own two different or even be affiliated with two different CDL spots at the same time. So he has to sell that LA spot, and who will he sell it to is the big question. You know, will he sell it to Nadeshot? Will he sell it to Dr. Disrespect? You know, there's been some rumors about that. Will he sell it to a higher or more popular esports organization like Gen.G or you know, somebody else, United, there's just so many different names, Evil Geniuses, so many different names that you can throw around. But with the the nature of Hex and Nadeshot's friendship, you have to wonder if it's possible that he could sell, sell it to Nadeshot. You know, they've been friends for a very long time, time now, like over 10 years, I would say. And Nadeshot now owning 100 Thieves, it makes you wonder if he even has an interest in being back in the CDL. Jay Clucky of Esports Talk said on Twitter, quote, reminder that within weeks of energy signing Hex, they also sold their CSGO roster and bought into the Call of Duty League instead. So it could be a matter of history repeating itself, but you just never really know. Uh, the news has been out for almost two or three weeks now, and Hex has yet to confirm that this is even happening. Uh, maybe the Maybe the transaction is still waiting to go through. Maybe it's waiting for league approval. Or maybe he's just doing all this behind the scenes and so that when they announce everything, they can already have a new owner for the LA spot and he's already looking pretty over there in Chicago with the new Optic Gaming IP. So who really knows what could happen? Uh, Personally, I would absolutely love for 100 Thieves to come back into the CDL because then I would just switch my my loyalty to them I've been a big Atlanta FaZe fan for the past year, but if 100 Thieves ever comes back, uh, I think I could see myself being a huge fan again. You know, They had a great roster in Black Ops 4. If you're new to the Call of Duty League, uh, you should know that Black Ops 4 season in general was huge. Like It was such a good season, had so many different competitive games. Like There weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of huge blowouts. Like every single match is so much fun to go back and watch. You know, I've I've spent my summer and even a little bit into this semester sort of going back and watching not only champs matches but also Anaheim and London and just playoffs matches. Like the Black Ops Four season was so much fun to watch, and that 100 Thieves roster in Black Ops Four was just great. You know, they had 
Octane and Slasher, some of the best ARs in the past five years. And then you had Kenny, who's a really great flex player, and he had a breakout year in World War II, even though he's played competitively and uh, professionally for years prior. And then you had Pharaoh uh, at the very beginning, and then they brought in Priesta, who uh, sort of rejuvenated the team, actually. When they brought in Priesta and subbed him in for Pharaoh, it was just like a night and day, you know, flipping the light switch sort of thing with the 100 Thieves. And Enable sort of did the dirty work. You know, he was that he was that entry SMG that sort of just, you know, did the dirty work and uh, sort of baited for everybody. He was still a good player in Black Ops 4, but uh, he's not necessarily the guy that you, that you would look to to be like, that's the guy that you need to watch out for. So 100 Thieves had a great Black Ops 4 season, and I really hope that they come back into the Call of Duty League. Like, I think the entire community would just lose their mind if that was to go down. And they've been teasing it for weeks, you know. They're just, they know that the league wants them back. They know that the community wants them back. And they've been, they've been really teasing the fans ever since. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, 100 Thieves is such a great organization. And they've, they've, they haven't really seen much success with their esports teams since the Call of Duty League has begun, you know, since they didn't buy into the Call of Duty League. And that's a little, like, that's a little off topic, but not really, you know. Like, could that influence them buying into the CDL, you know, their lack of success with other esports games. You know, they've had some, some like, remaining uh, consistent success with the Fortnite players. You know, Arkham is still doing great. He's a really good, talented Fortnite player. But as far as Valorant uh, and many other games go, League of Legends, I think, and CSGO, obviously, them selling their CSGO roster, what exactly does this mean for their future of... 100 Thieves Esports. I hope that they turn into the LA Thieves and we can just have a great time in the Call of Duty League, but I guess we'll just have to wait a little bit longer. Maybe maybe a little bit until like late November, I would say. If they don't announce anything by late November, then, then I start to get a little worried. So let's transition from that topic to now the second weekend of the Black Ops Cold War beta. I've been playing it for the past two days now, uh, putting in some long sessions with my friends and I'm having a much better weekend this weekend than last weekend, not only because it feels like they've toned down the uh, skill-based matchmaking, but also because they've changed a lot of movement mechanics, and uh, they've patched the attachments a little bit, and even they've even nerfed some weapons that were really, really overpowered in the first weekend. So let's go through some of the biggest points of their blog post about this second weekend, and then we can talk about some of the updates that they've even put out 20 minutes prior to this podcast being recorded. So they reduced the speed of the initial slide impulse and slightly shortened slide duration. So to sort of put that in plain English for everybody, just to make it a little bit more understandable, in Black Ops Cold War, whenever you would slide, you sort of got this big boost of speed at the very beginning of the slide. It was a little bit like uh, the Advanced Warfare slide, where you would just dart out or you would like dash out in front of you. And in the first weekend of Black Ops Cold War, it was really, really fast. And not only was it fast, but you would also travel for a really long distance. So you could cancel it anytime you wanted, but it was just, it was a little bit too, too ridiculous. So they shortened the speed of the initial slide impulse so that you didn't go as far. And then they also, they also uh, adjusted the overall duration of the slide. So you couldn't, 
you couldn't slide like 10 feet or something like that. It's a little bit shorter now, and it feels it feels truly like the Call of Duty Ghost Slide that we know from 2013, if anyone listening ever played that game. So the quote from the, from the Treyarch blog is that during the PS4 beta, we found players over-relying on sliding to, to traverse ground quickly or engage in close quarters, making it difficult to target players in the open, and our goal is for sliding to function as a smooth transi- transition to cover, escape, or transition to a crouching stance. This weekend, changes result in a snappier slide that better fit our goals for the mechanic. And this is what some of the pros were really, really adamant about. They were saying that sliding really shouldn't be used to go into every gunfight and get an advantage. Sliding should only be used to sort of break off your spawn and uh, get that initial movement, but not not like sliding into a person for the gunfight, you know, to get an advantage. Sliding should only be used to get away from the gunfight and get to cover or just anything of that nature, if that makes sense. Uh, They also significantly reduced the slide speed with the duster stock attachment equipped. So this is absolutely insane. Like, (laughs) this is crazy to think about. There was a stock attachment that you would put on the back of your gun that would increase your slide speed by 30%. Now, 30% is huge, and you could really, really tell whenever you put it on. And now when they nerfed that, they, they significantly reduced the slide speed. It went from 30% to 5%. So it really isn't, like, even usable anymore, and it's not even, like, beneficial compared to the normal slide. So I went from not using... Uh, I went from using the duster stock to really not even looking at it anymore just because it's just... Like, why? You know, I don't really care about the slide speed that much, especially when it went from 30% to 5%, a huge 25% decrease in the slide speed. It's just not even worth it. And honestly, I don't even think that it should even be an attachment, but that's just me. The quote from that uh, specific specific patch is that, quote, in weekend one, the duster stock attachment accounted for massive slide speed increases that didn't fit into our more grounded combat loop. With this new change, Duster Stock now offers a more modest improvement in slide speed that is more balanced with other attachment offerings. So yeah, this is uh, it was definitely needed from Weekend One. Like once you threw that on, you saw a massive difference in your gameplay, and it was just, it was crazy to see. I saw Hitch just having a great time with it when he threw, when he threw it on the AK, and that's sort of like, that sort of brought more awareness for me is seeing someone like him. Uh, just go off with it. Not, not not that he's a bad player, but the fact that he can throw it on a gun like the AK and still do amazing work with it. The AK has stood out as one of those better assault rifles of the, of the Weekend 2 beta, but it just has so much recoil at the very beginning as a base gun without any attachments that it's really hard for me personally to use. So I'm really, really glad that they did those changes to the slide speed and the slide uh, overall. I think it was definitely needed. And the more, the closer that we can get to a ghost slide uh, from Call of Duty Ghost, I think that I think that the game's only going to get better. The movement overall has been amazing. I think that uh, doing that to the slide has definitely improved my overall experience of the Weekend 2 beta. And I can't wait to play it a little bit more later today after I finish talking about these uh, patches. Because they, they also announced something just 20 minutes ago that really, really uh, has me excited to play today. Now, another problem in the Weekend 1 beta was the Milano 821, or 821, and that's basically the Uzi that you see every single person 
not every single person, but the majority of people using in the weekend one beta, it still it still shreds people, but it's not necessarily as OP as it was in the weekend one beta and in the alpha. In the alpha, it was absolutely insane. You could you could destroy people from pretty much the entire map. You could cross map people with this thing. But now with the weekend two beta, they reduced the damage fall off range which means this update causes the 4-hit kill range to turn to 5 hits at 12.8 meters, down from 19.2 meters during the PS4 beta. So this basically means that it's going to take more shots for you to kill a person with the Uzi or the Milano 821, whichever one you prefer, at range. So you can't necessarily map people anymore as easy as you could uh, previously. I think this was needed, and now they did this, the SMGs are really, really balanced now. You can use the 74U and still do work with it. You can use the MP5 and still shred people. And then you can also use the Uzi and still, you know, have a really good game. And I think that's great. You know, if we can have at least three SMGs that sort of combat with each other on, you know, which one to use in a certain situation, I think that's great. You know, the MP5 is great for close quarters. Uh, it's great for getting in people's faces and just uh, being really aggressive. Yes, the AK-74U is really really good for you know it's good for medium gunfights medium range gunfights and it's not it's not as good at close range as the mp5 is but it's still a really good smg and the uzi is sort of like a a hybrid of the two it's really good at close quarters and it's pretty good at medium range but in my opinion it's not necessarily that great at long range because of this new nerf that they've introduced which is it's great it's great for me uh, as an AR player, and it's it's great for SMG players as well, because now they have a variety of guns to work with and sort of experiment with as they go into the launch of this game. So let me know what you guys think on Twitter, if you guys have any specific uh, thoughts about those patches or weapon updates. Now, to get into Roster Mania, we've had nine teams announce their 20, 2021 starting rosters so far out of 12. The remaining teams that are left to confirm their rosters are the London Royal Ravens, the Paris Legion, and the Florida Mutineers. And like I've said for the past few rosters and even the past few episodes of the show, uh, we basically know what, what those teams are outside of the Paris Legion. We basically know what the London Royal Ravens are, and then we pretty much know what the Florida Mutineers are. My predictions for the London team is that it's going to be Shawnee, Alex, uh, Dylan, and then I think Zero. And that does sound like a weird lineup, only because Shawnee and Zero, in my opinion, sort of play a similar role to their team and just on the map as well. Uh, Alex is sort of like a in-your-face SMG guy, and that, that goes really well with Dylan because he's sort of the same way. So Alex had a great year. Well, not, not necessarily a great year, but he had a solid year with the Minnesota Rocker. Um, he did fall off at some points. He had a thumb injury at one point. And then, yeah, they just had sort of a, a downward slope once they switched to online. And it was just weird to see. But outside of that, I think that it could be a solid roster, maybe like a top six. But I'm not really expecting a, a ton out of them. I think they could be a really good sleeper team, but not necessarily like one that is a fan favorite going to every single event. And the Florida Mutineers is rumored to be the same roster minus Frosty. And I don't know if I've updated you guys on the show before, but Frosty has basically said that he's 
more than likely going more sorry more than likely going to peak, uh, compete in the challenger scene with with some other people it's not necessarily going to be halo pros but then he's also going to be going to be competing full time in halo now that halo esports is coming back so he's going to be competing in two different esports at the same time really showing his uh, versatility and just really really good skill as a player on both different games so uh yeah, like from what CDL Intel has told us on Twitter, the Paris Legion doesn't really know what to do right now as far as a roster goes. And then on top of all that, we're still constantly keeping track about the OGLA CDL spot. And although they've announced four players, we don't know what the state of their branding is going to be. So moving into the actual Roster Mania announcement for today, it's probably the most action-packed and jam-packed Roster Mania announcement we've had so far. The Los Angeles Gorillas have announced their 2021 CDL starting roster and their Academy, a.k.a. Challengers team. So their starting roster is Silly, Assault, Vivid, and Apathy. And if you don't know, you know, they've made it really, really, like, prevalent on their social media announcements about this team. Uh, this team has three-fourths of the World War II Evil Geniuses championships team. And this is a team that didn't really show up at all, throughout the year and then right at World War II champs they went off they just completely just had a night and day uh, switch and they turned up and won the championship in World War II and a lot of people say that was on the backs of Assault because he had a great year or yeah a great year and a great event as an AR and then the other the other people say just uh, that Silly and Apathy had a great game as well and I'm sure they did. I'm sure they had a great season. And I'm going to talk about that a little more. So Silly sort of got his start in Infinite Warfare, in my opinion. And not necessarily his start, but the game that he really blew up on was Infinite Warfare with the E-United team. And eventually he gets dropped from E-United. Uh, he goes around to a, to a few teams here and there. And then fast forward all the way to the Modern Warfare season in a franchise league. And we see that he gets picked up by the Minnesota Rocker. We've talked about it many times in the show about how the Minnesota Rockers season has gone. And I think that he was definitely like the face and the pillar of Minnesota Rocker, sort of the guy that you think of when you thought of that team. And now that he's on the Los Angeles Gorillas with these other guys, I think that it could probably be a step up. But I um I'll show my I'll share my thoughts on necessarily their their placings and like what I'll be impressed with if they if they get this far in just a few seconds but assault has been known for being a really good ar really uh reliable ar and he's you know he's he's performed over the over the years um just looking at his stats here he's sort of he's sort of fared in like the middle or like the bottom of the pack uh he's been on teams like team envy uh team spacely when they were when they were trying to find their footing um Evil Geniuses back in the World War II season. He was on their he was on their team for a long time. Even Echo Fox early in the World War II season, he was on their team. Cloud Nine in the Infinite Warfare season, and the list goes on and on. Uh, he ended up landing on the Minnesota Rocker at one point uh, last year in the Modern Warfare season, and now he is on the Los Angeles Gorillas. So I think he's going to be a, definitely a reliable player to to sort of lean on and hold the lanes for you, but um, it's going to be interesting to see just how their chemistry goes with this team. 
Now, Vivid is a big question mark for me. Vivid is definitely a, an interesting character because he's never really, like, shined that much in, like, a land environment, in my opinion, at least. Um, he's been on teams like Sage Esports. He's been on Hybrid Gaming. And, you know, there's nothing really notable. He was on the Phase Black team early in the Black Ops 4 season for an MLG Game Battles tournament. But... It's nothing really that stands out to me as like a casual. Well, I'm not, I'm not really a casual watcher, but to a casual watcher, to a casual viewer, nothing really stands out if you look at his stats. It's more like there, he's just sort of dominating the amateur scene in like the online scene up until this Los Angeles Gorilla spot. So it's going to be really interesting for me to see how he performs. I know that when I watch them for the first time, I'm going to be keeping my eyes on him a little more. And we'll see how he goes, or how he fares in this next season. Next up, we have Apathy. And Apathy is also a big question mark for me just because the big, the big reputation that he's garnered for himself is that Apathy really doesn't perform that well up until Champs. And then at Champs, he sort of flips a switch, and you get Champs Apathy. And Champs Apathy just goes off. Apathy has a star-studded career, mind you. Uh, he won the Black Ops 3 championship with Team Envy alongside JCap, Slasher, and I'm not too sure about who the fourth was. Maybe, I think it was John. Um, but he definitely won Black Ops 3 champs with uh, uh, Envy. And he's, he's sort of always had that reputation, you know. He, he was on Evil Geniuses, obviously, in the World War II season with uh, that championship-winning roster. And then in Black Ops 4... It was he was on Envy, and then he went back to Evil Geniuses, and they sort of had a weird a weird year. He ended up finishing seventh through eighth at the Call of Duty World League Championship in Black Ops Four, and then he found himself landing on the Seattle Surge. And if anyone has relatively followed Call of Duty League in the past year, you would know that the Seattle Surge, even with some of their biggest players like Octane, they just didn't have a great year at all. So they were more they were more or less at the bottom of the pack for the, for the majority of the year. So it's I think this is definitely a huge improvement and even then on the Seattle Surge that was a huge improvement but for Apathy himself this team the Los Angeles Gorillas is a huge improvement for them and I'm looking forward to see what they do in the upcoming season. But the big the big topic of this team and the big storyline for this year is going to be their academy team. And their academy team consists of Mental, Chino, who is now going by Chin, Exceed, and Nero. And to give a little bit more background on these players, Mental is a really, really popular Gears of War player. I think he's a 22-time champion with a ton of earnings. I think I have it pulled up here. He has $250,000 in earnings for Gears of War and 22 tournament wins. Uh, he was more prolific in my opinion, or not in my opinion, but uh, from what it seems like, he's more prolific on the team UYU in Gears of War. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what he does. At first, it was just a rumor that he's going to be a substitute for the Los Angeles Gorillas. And now that they have a full-on academy team that can compete in challengers, it's even better. Chino, Chino has had a great... Uh, career in my opinion he's not a champion just yet but he's bounced around to teams he had a great world war ii season on team caliber with with the likes of enable and uh, accuracy and just guys like that 
Uh, team Caliper was a great, great team in the World War II season. Um, I think, yeah, even Kenny and Farrow were on that team as well. Exceed, I think he's more more prevalent nowadays for being on the Minnesota Rocker this past season and sort of filling in when Alex got injured and then filling in at the very end when God or X got dropped or benched for Champs. So right before Champs, God or X got dropped and then Exceed came in. And then Nero, Nero I didn't really know much about. Uh, it was it was interesting to look him up and see that I didn't really notice a ton of these teams that he that he's been on in the past. And that's mostly because most of the most of the tournament placings that you see online are just from online sort of um, placings. So he's never really been on a like huge team, but it's just it's just interesting to see. So they're sort of they're sort of taking a big leap of faith on this guy just because he's really really good at uh, online events, and he's played in the challengers events in the past. Uh, it looks like he's pretty much stayed at. 9th through 16th for the most part. Um, and then the, he played at the London Open for challengers and placed 17th through 32 with people that I don't really recognize, honestly. Uh, I recognize more people on his New York team, which is Mochilla, Holler, Robbie B, those guys. I recognize them a lot more. So he's sort of a player that has never really been on my radar, at least, and I've never really seen people talk about him. But the reason that this team is so interesting is that guys like Mental, who I predict, uh, along with some of my friends, I predict that he's going to be a flex player, just because it's sort of like the easy go-to for someone that's switching from uh, any other esport to Call of Duty, is that I think that he's going to be a flex player. Chino's probably going to be the main AR, and then we probably have like Exceed as a flex, and then Nero as like a main entry sub. And I think that it's very, very fascinating because the starting roster, Silly, Assault, Vivid, and Apathy, are probably going to be fighting for their lives and their careers here. And that's not necessarily like a, a very true statement just because if they get benched, they get benched and they're still being paid the same amount of money. But as far as winning a champs ring or placing well at champs, uh, you get a lot more money from competing in the pro league to begin with. You get some bonuses from it. So... I think I think the starting roster needs to look out for guys like Ment, uh, Mental and you know Chino. If somebody like Assault starts to fall off, Chino could easily be subbed in at some point. Uh, not to mention, I was talking about his career earlier, Chino, and he was actually on the OGLA roster earlier uh, last year, I believe. He was subbed in at some point because Dashy got dropped, and that was just an interesting time. I think the Optic Gaming LA squad had one big run in Mono Warfare, and then they didn't necessarily do much after that until Champs. So I think that the starting roster definitely is... They need to play to prove themselves. They need to play to prove that they, that they belong on the starting roster. And if not, you're going to have guys like Apathy who have a huge reputation for uh, just not performing until Champs who could lose their spot to somebody like Mental or even Nero for that matter. Uh, I think it really depends on not only how the season format is going to be as far as how many online events and how many possible LAN events versus just how bad you really want it, you know. I think Mental is going to be a huge performer in this Call of Duty League, uh, just just knowing about his drive, how many championships he's won in Gears of War, and how much he loves the game already.
I think guys like Nero, even though I don't know much about him, I think he's going to be really hungry for not only to prove himself, but to just show people that he belongs on this team. Whether it's an academy team or not, I think he really does uh, have that fire under him. And then, you know, it's just it's just a matter of just playing your role the way it should be played and hoping for the best and just proving to people that you do belong. So I think this team is going to be one of the best to watch, not necessarily because they're going to pop off at any time, but just to see just to see when they might do that and where they place. Because, you know, we have 12 teams in the league, and I think that if we have every single team at each, at each event next year, which it should be the case because that's the way you get the most competitive events is by having each and every team at each event because then you don't go half the season without seeing someone like the Chicago Huntsman versus the Atlanta Fays. Um, they're going to really need to prove themselves, and I'll be really impressed if this team makes top eight just because all the other teams are so stacked that it's going to be very hard for a team like this to sort of uh, branch out and really stand out amongst the, amongst the pack. So if they can make top eight consistently and then maybe get some top sixes and uh, like a top four for them would be a huge, huge accomplishment. If they can get top four, that's like something that you need to start making video content on. You know, start making your own documentaries because this this could be a really historic year for the for the Los Angeles Gorillas. And it should be a way better year than they had last year because the talent on this roster is like amazing compared to last year. You know, not to knock the guys that played last year, but it's just you have some proven champions and they have a lot to prove because they have not had the best of uh, seasons recently. So, you know, you're going to have guys like Silly, actually all three of them, you're going to have guys like Silly, Assault, and Apathy just looking to show people that they still have it. You know, I know that Silly can still go. He's played in, I think, almost all the throwback tournaments and... In the Black Ops 4 one in particular, he was just going off. He had so many streaks that Hitch was Hitch was losing his mind about. But I think that the person that is most in danger to lose his spot on the starting roster could very well be Apathy, just because of that reputation that he has. I think that he needs to definitely prove himself and just, just show people uh, that he can still go, not only at champs, but also during the regular season. If you guys... If you guys have any any extra thoughts on that, feel free to let me know on Twitter at DaltonFloyd67, just because I think this is going to be a very interesting team to watch. And like I said, we have three other teams that have yet to be announced, and those are the London War Ravens, the Paris Legion, and the Florida Mutineers. And all of those are going to be really interesting. I think Florida could definitely uh, make some noise this year compared to last year, even though they did win, I think, three events. They sort of fell off. Um, because teams sort of caught up. So I think there's just so many teams that you could say, oh, they have something to prove. Well, it's it definitely does seem like that. You know, that's the narrative for a lot of these teams. And a lot of them have the freedom to make those storylines because of their, their downfalls in modern warfare. You know, Los Angeles Gorillas were at the bottom of the pack for really the majority of the time last year. And now that they have this star-studded roster, along with the academy team, they have the freedom just to say, you know, we're back. We're ready for uh, the return of some true talent on this roster to see what we can do. So it's going to be really, really interesting. I'm personally really ready to see 
when the season format will be announced as far as the LAN events, the online events, if those are even possible. Um, I, I just think that they have a lot to improve on compared to the Modern Warfare season, and I'm just really interested because I also I also want to go ahead and put those in my calendar because, you know, if anyone knows me, they know that I pretty much plan my weekends around the CDL events because, you know, not only am I a huge fan of it, but I also like to talk about it with my friends as well, and I'm not just going to, like, watch one match and then try to talk about it. I love watching every single match, and especially with there only being uh, one stream more than likely, not necessarily like an Alpha, Bravo, uh, Bravo, Charlie, and Delta stream. It's more than likely going to be uh, another season of just having one stream, so it's a lot easier to watch all the matches this year. So it's going to be a really fun season. I hope you guys are excited for it. Uh, one last thing that I have about the Black Ops Cold War beta is that they announced about an hour ago um, that with the new uh, game settings update in Black Ops Cold War beta, they are raising the level cap to 40, I believe, and then they're also adding control to the, the core quick play playlist. So I'm really, really excited to play control on maps like Moscow and Cartel and see how that plays for possible CDL maps. And then I'm excited to unlock some new things uh, with the level cap being raised. So it's going to be really interesting. I hope that we get some really good announcements in the coming weeks. And then, you know, with the PS5 coming out and the Black Ops 4, or <laughs> Black Ops 4, the Black Ops Cold War um, launch happening in November, it's going to be a great fall. It's going to be a great, great uh, CDL season. So I hope you guys all enjoy um, follow me on Twitter at DaltonFloyd67, as well as on Facebook at Hold the Lane Podcast. This has been a really huge episode for me because it is the 10th episode of Hold the Lane, and it took me so long to convince myself to even do the first episode. So the fact that I just uh, pushed myself to do that first one, it was a huge step for me. And now that I, now that we've made it to the milestone of 10, I don't see any any end in sight. You know. Um, I'm excited to do this, to do this podcast for years to come. So you can also listen to Hold the Lane on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Until then, until the next episode, my name is Dalton Floyd, and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast and continue to watch some great Call of Duty this weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Have a good one.